Established in 1880, K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church stands as a testament to the faithfulness of a compassionate God and a committed congregation whose mission is to bear witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. A vibrant and visible congregation, K Chapel seeks to love and to lift the name of Jesus in impactful ways. Join us during the month of February as we take a walk through the pages of our history because Kate's history is Black history. Good evening, good evening, my brothers and sisters. We greet you tonight in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. It's good to have you in the house on this evening. I see you're already populating our, our timeline, and so I'm glad that you are here. You know what to do. Share it with your neighbor, with your friends. Let's uh, see if we can't get those numbers up. Helen Luster's here. Verdi Martin is here. Brother uh, Christopher Johnson is here. Amen. Dwayne Wilson. God bless you. Good to see you all. Amen. Our our true our true regulars are in the house. Amen. Linda Stewart, Ruth. God bless you. Good to see you. Uh, Annie Sexton. Amen. How y'all doing down at the courtyard, Mother Sexton? Amen. Nancy Roselle. Amen. Good to see you all on this evening. Patricia Booth. Hey, Patricia, what you think? What you think, sister? God bless you. Amen. David Stevenson, my friend. God bless you. Good to see you on this evening. Clara Roberts. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Roberts. Amen. Stephanie Johnson. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I'll see you'll see me on Sunday. Amen. Thank you so much, Lorston Johnson. Lorston Johnson, amen. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Johnson. Sister Epps, good to see you all. Sister Epps is in the house. Sharon Harris is in the house. God bless you. 
Sister Harris, Verdi Martin, amen, our Girl Scout leader. Hey, the Girl Scout cookies are here, y'all. I saw them yesterday. They were getting the Girl Scout cookies uh, put in vans on yesterday. So whoever your Girl Scout uh, is, uh, you make sure you, you know that the cookies are here. Let's see, Shante Singleton, uh, the niece of Archie Singleton. Okay, good to have you with us, Shante. God bless you. Good to have you with us on this evening. Lavertis Walker, amen. Good to see you, Sister Lavertis Walker, Dolores Curry. Mother Curry in the house. I love our mothers. Our mothers, listen, our mothers are, are technologically savvy and, and they don't, listen, nothing gets past them. Uh, they are there in the house. Kayla Williams, God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Williams. Cecilia Bass, amen. God bless you, Sister CC. Shelva Moore is in the house, always true. Uh, Francis Moody, God bless you. Y'all are in the house, God bless you. Oniki Daffy, God bless you. Good to see you. Good to see you tonight. God bless you. Linda Butler over our new members orientation, doing a fine job. God bless you. Thank you for everything that you do. What a wonderful day. It is and has been. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I don't know. I've got a, I've got a better days kind of uh, spirit about me uh, today. It, it just sort of pressed in my spirit. Actually, it started yesterday. Um, it started yesterday. I felt like you know, I don't know. It just feels like we're 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 starting to turn the corner uh, on a lot of different things, and and uh, we've always remained prayerful. We've always remained hopeful, but I just feel like better days are coming. I feel like better days are coming. So you all, you all continue to be prayerful, continue to stay hopeful. What a beautiful day we had on today. If you missed it, tell you what, if you missed it, instead of me talking about it, let's just see a little bit of it. These are our partners uh, partnering with us here at Cade Chapel to get uh, water to our community. Our community was devastated uh, last week by the ice storm, uh, and so we're left without water, many still without power. But these ladies stepped in. Hello, Jackson. <laughs> we love you all. And so many people on the coast donated water. We know what it's like to, to be without, and so we're here for you. We just wanted to say... Thank you for letting us be a part of this good work. Hey, so as I said, it was a great day today, a great day. I, I feel like uh, we're, we're being great. We're going and being great in our community, being great uh, in in this part of, of the kingdom that God has uh, granted us stewardship. Uh, and so again, thanks to all of our partners, thanks to all of our volunteers, everybody who came uh, to be a part of today's distribution. Uh, it was a great day. Uh, it's not the last day. Uh, that we'll be doing this. We do have more water uh, in reserves. Uh, and as we are made aware of needs, we will certainly make those uh, those water cases available. Amen. So again, thank you. Thank you. I, we made the call and Kay Chapel responded uh, in the fine way that we always do. Our deacons, our deaconess, our missionaries, our laymen, our ushers, all you guys came in and and uh, pitched in and, and and just got where you needed to be. Uh, and so thank you for doing that. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, again, uh, listen, we want to stay in prayer uh, for those who continue to be without water. Uh, seems like things may be improving just a bit. Uh, I, I know we've got a little bit of water pressure here at the church, uh, and that's that's uh, new because we haven't had water uh, since last week. So we've got a little bit of pressure, uh, more than we've, we've had uh, since all of this started. Still can't uh, uh, flush toilets and all of that, but but the fact that we've got water coming through the uh, sinks is good to see. Um, so you all continue to stay prayerful, uh, and let's continue to lift each other up. Listen, I want you to think about this uh, just before we go into prayer, because here's a question I want to begin with for tonight. I want you to think about it and go ahead and start answering this question in the timeline, okay? Answer this question in the timeline. Um, who was your favorite teacher? And why? I want you to think about who your favorite teacher was growing up, okay? Um, and I want you to think about why that person was your favorite teacher. And if you can, just in a few words, um, start populating that 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 the timeline with your answers. Favorite teacher and why that person was your favorite teacher, okay? While you're doing that, let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this day, for this time together. I bless you, Lord, that you are the able God. You do things exceedingly well. And for this, we give you praise. God, we ask your blessings upon our time together now. We pray that you open our eyes and that you open our ears to receive the truth of your word. God, we pray that that truth would be planted deep within our hearts, that it would produce fruit within our lives. You know, we ask these now in all things in Jesus name and for his sake. Amen. And amen. All right. All right. All right. Faye Hill says she has running water. God bless you. I know, right? It's 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 so good uh, when 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 uh, uh, just just the things we sometimes take for granted. Amen. So glad to hear that. Listen. So there's the question: Who is your favorite teacher? Can you remember who your favorite teacher was uh, growing up? And do you remember why? Do you remember why that was your favorite teacher? While you all are doing that, while you all are doing that, let me let me. Um, go back and share with you just a little story. I shared it during pop-up prayer time. I know many of you may not have been on during pop-up prayer, but I want to I want to share this because I think it's important to always lift up the truth of God's word when it's right in front of you, right? Um in 2016 when Flint, Michigan um, was going through the beginnings of its water crisis, the lead being leached into the water system. Um, the Lord pressed upon my heart and many of you that we had to do something. And so we sent um, an 18-wheeler filled with water, Aquafina water. Some of you will remember. Uh, we purchased that water. Um, and and once the one of the companies found out what we were doing, um, they actually donated the truck uh, to, to take it up there. So we only paid, watch this, y'all, we only paid for the water cost. The, the cost of the gas and the truck itself and the driver, that was in kind because they saw what we were doing. It was like, you know what, we want to be a part of that. So we sent that to M Michigan. Um, I say that, and 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 what happened was, I called a pastor, someone that I didn't know. I didn't know this pastor. Um, I looked at his church, uh, looked at his ministry profile, and knew that uh, based on what it, what it was showing, that they were a community-minded community church as we are. 
And so I cold called him. Uh, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. Told him what we wanted to do. He was like, absolutely send it our way. We'd be glad to take it. On yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah. On yesterday, I got a call from the Gulf Coast um, saying, listen, we see what's going on. We want to help. Um, can we bring some water to K Chapel and you all distribute it? And I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. We need it in our community. The only reason I'm bringing that up is because the Bible says, cast your bread upon the waters. And after many days, you will find it. Right. After many days, you will find it. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. And the only reason I'm telling you this story is because I want you to know when whatever you do for the good of people, whatever you do for the glory of God, it's coming back to you. I, you really, somebody need to just put that in the, in the, in the time chat. It's coming back to you. Whatever you do for the good of man and for the glory of God, it's coming back to you. Whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. And so we were able to do that, not because we gave and not because we had a, a, a giving drive. Uh, the people from the coast called me and said, we, we're coming. Can you use it? Right. Cast your bread upon the waters. And after many days, it shall return unto you. Amen, somebody. All right. All right. So let's get to the question. We, we got any answers to that? Um, uh, favorite teachers and why? Let's see. Sandra Kyles, Miss Bertha Catching. She planted a seed for my love of education and making a difference with her words. All right. Very good. She planted a seed. I want to come. I'm going to thank you for that. I want to let, let's keep an eye on Sandra Kyles for me, T.A., because I want to come back to her in a, a little bit in the uh, lesson. Uh, let's get some others. Uh, Mrs. Hayes at Walton. She was a mother away from home. Amen. Walton is still our adopted school. Let's see. Donetta uh, says, Mrs. Alice Gordon, she refused to accept less than our best. Thank God for excellent teachers. Thank God for teachers who just get in there and, and won't let you get away with doing anything less than your best. Who else do we have? Who else do we have? My favorite teacher, Mrs. Sylvia McCain. She had a sweet spirit, soft voice with limitless uh, patience and care with all students. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, clearly she made an impact. Sweet spirit, soft voice, patience. Amen. Amen. Who else do we have? Favorite teachers. Um, favorite teacher was my aunt. She pushed me to do better. Okay, David, God bless you. Your aunt. Uh, very good. Wonderful that your aunt was your, was your teacher too. Mandy White. Let's see what you say. Favorite teacher was Mrs. Paralee Cross. Paralee Cross. Looks like I'm, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Mother of Deaconess. Yes. Francis Ash. Absolutely. Mrs. Cross, uh, my choir teacher was the person who told me that I could do anything that I wanted to do. And she always believed in me. Amen. She was a sweet spirit. I uh, just just got to know her uh, shortly before her, her passing. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, wonderful. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, Miss Townsend, she had a going on. She had it going on. It was very caring. She was the reason I attended Alcorn. Okay. All right. All right. Alcorn Braves. Yeah. Let's get a let's get a few more. Ms. Mildred Jan Mitchell says, Miss Mildred Watts. She inspired me and told me I would become great. Wonderful. Wonderful. And 
you clearly held on to that. Amen. Go be great. Let the haters hate you. Go be great. Who else do we have? A few more, two more, two more. Let's see. Ms. Stewart, first grade, she encouraged me to be my best when I didn't know what my best was. Amen. Amen. She encouraged you to be your best when you didn't know what your best was. It's something about, te yeah, teachers who look into you and see stuff about you that you don't even know is there. And they can, and, and it's something about those teachers who see it, but can also pull it out of you. You know, I had a teacher like that. I had a teacher like that. Uh, she was my, she was, she was my English teacher. And she, yeah, she, she was, uh, and I see someone, oh, oh wow. Uh, go, go to Virginia Wilson, Virginia Wilson for me. Uh, she's talking about an English instructor right now. Virginia Wilson says, Miss Lydia K. Johnson, English instructor, Lanier High School. She would not accept less than my best. Amen. Amen. Virginia, I'm sorry. That's Linda Will, Virginia Wilson, T.A. I'm sorry. Virginia Wilson. Uh, and, and she, and Virginia Wilson was also, uh, uh English teacher at, at, uh, at Lanier as well. Amen. Amen. Um, so, so yeah, um, Miss Frazier was my English teacher at, at Blackburn. Um, and she was that teacher who, who just, uh, yeah, she pulled it out of me. She pulled it out of me. Would, one of those teachers who would not accept less than your best. Right. And teachers for whatever reason, um, the, the good ones make a memorable impression upon us. Right. They, they, for whatever reason, um, uh, maybe they were hard on us or, or maybe they were just exceptional teachers who, who, who unlocked our learning and our understanding, um, in any number of things that, that, that really make teachers stand out and make them a cut above the others. In 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 uh, the teaching profession, I think they call them master teachers. If we think about Jesus, that's really what he was. He was a master teacher. Um, they called him rabbi. He was a teacher. And and we're in Mark's gospel. We're talking about we're still talking about Mark's gospel. Um, he was a teacher who spoke and taught not only in such a way that you understood it, but he taught it in such a way that it touched you, right? It wasn't just, watch this, it wasn't just mind food, it was heart food, food for the heart. It was that stuff that 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 not only excited you, right? That it, and you know how it is. You know how it is when you when you get something right. When you learn, when you're learning, and and finally that thing clicks. Remember how exciting that was when a teacher broke it down, and and you finally got it right. So Jesus would do that stuff that would make you get it. But then after you got it, it was also that stuff that made you have to do something with it. Right. So it was more than just food for the mind. It was food for the heart, food for the soul, food for the spirit that required those who heard it and those who received it to then do something with it. 
master teacher. And one of the ways, one of the ways that Jesus taught was by way of the use of what we call parables. Parables. In Mark chapter four, Jesus begins and he introduces the use of parables uh, in his teaching and in his instructing. Jesus begins uh, this teaching ministry by way of the use of parables. And a lot of people think that parables um, are unique to the Old Testament, but that's not that's not true. There are parables in the in the New Testament. There are parables in the Old Testament. Some think that parables are unique to the New Testament, but there are parables in the Old Testament. And Jesus, knowing Old Testament scripture, pulls from that tradition, that 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 uh, mode of teaching, because it is effective. One of my favorite parables in the Old Testament. It's a parable uh, that Nathan tells, the prophet Nathan, when um, David uh, has been uh, uh, dilly-dallying with, with um, um, oh gosh, <laughs> name just left me, my God, Bathsheba. Um, David <laughs> just left me like that. Um, and so, and so when that happened, Nathan the prophet goes and he has he has to basically confront uh David but he doesn't do it in a way that that uh, is so direct he tells a parable you remember the parable the parable is he says there's a rich man and a poor man the rich man had lots of livestock the poor man man had had one little lamb and that lamb he described it as a lamb that that was almost like a member of the family. The daughter uh, uh, slept with the lamb in the house. It was it was a pet. It was a dear family member. It was the only lamb that they had. And when a visitor came to town, the rich man, instead of taking from his many flock, he took from the poor man's one lamb and killed that one lamb that he had and prepared it uh, for dinner for the stranger. And and Nathan said, uh, King, what should happen in that case? And David could clearly see the injustice and the unfairness through the use of the parable. And he said, of course, uh, the rich man is at fault. And Nathan looks at David and said, thou art that man. You took, you took from another man when you had so much you took another man's one wife. Thou art that man. And so the use of parables, parables are used to unlock what you might not otherwise see. Stuff that might be right in front of you, but you have blinders on. And the parable is meant to unlock um, what, what, what you might be blind, otherwise blind to. Jesus picks up on that tradition. And he introduces the use of parables in Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four. And so we know that he heals with authority. We know that he speaks with authority. We're going to see him now teach not only with authority, 
but with the kind of with the kind of passion, with the kind of of ingenuity that that people just get it. He's a master teacher. And so the parable that he tells in Mark chapter four is what we call the parable um, of the sower. Um, scholars have, have sort of rethought how we've labeled that parable. And so you may also see it in some in some later versions, some new translations rather, uh, of the Holy Word of God. You may see the parable of the soils, okay? Same parable, but the idea is that Jesus is talking more, much more about the soil than he is the sower, okay? So let's let's look for a minute. Let's look for a minute. Mark chapter four, and let's get uh, some understandings about, about this parable, how Jesus um, tells it and the meaning of it, okay? Let's start around verse number four. I'm sorry, verse, verse number two, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he taught them many things by parables, said unto them in his doctrine, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. It came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. The fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. Immediately it sprang up, but it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit, and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, some a hundred. He said unto them, he that hath ears, let him hear. He that hath ears, let him hear. Um, tell you what, let me, let me, let me continue to ver verse, uh, da, 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 da. Let me do it three more three more verses there. And when he was alone, they that were with him, I'm sorry, when they when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. He said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto these, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and perceive not and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. I want to stop there, okay? So Jesus tells his parable. He, um, as a master teacher, he captivates the audience. Right. Um, <laughs> one of the things about one of the things about parables, and very similar to a parable, you might say, um, are illustrations, right? And and pastors are are infamous and famous <laughs> for 
uh, the use of illustration, some good, some not so good, right? I remember I remember uh, one illustration I used, uh, this is some years ago. I was preaching a sermon, um, it's called What Gorilla? What Gorilla? I came, to, I came to this pulpit one service, one sermon, and I had a, a, um, a, a monkey, a, a, a stuffed monkey uh, on my back. And the whole the whole point of the series was is that sometimes we have these these things that are riding us, these things that are on us. And because they've been on us so long, we even forget that they're there. And and the whole idea of what gorilla, we don't even see it. We don't even recognize it. It's it's right. It's right here on your back. Um. And somebody said to me, this was years ago. Somebody said to me, man, I remember when you came to pulpit with that monkey on your back, <laughs> right? The, the whole idea, the use of illustrations, right? They can be powerful. They can be wonderfully powerful. They can. And the, the point is, yes, you want to create pictures that people can see and that that they recognize and that it sticks with them. Jesus does that right here. And he uses something that people are very familiar with. Remember, Jesus is living in an agrarian culture, which means agriculture. Agriculture is big in, 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 in early uh, Palestine. And so as an agrarian culture, he uses a parable about sowing seeds. This is something that they would clearly know about, right? And so he, taught, he begins a parable with something that is familiar with them. And the whole familiarity of the of the of the items that are being discussed in the parable is so that when you see the familiar, watch this, when you see the familiar, it will help you to unlock the unfamiliar. And that's what the parables are all about. Use of a parable or the, uh, the um, definition of a parable. Somebody define a parable as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, right? And so it's something on earth, something that you're very familiar with, right? That gives you insight to something that you have no idea about, heaven. The use of the parable is to unlock the mysteries of the kingdom of God by using everyday things, things that are very familiar, that are right here uh, in our hands or right here in front of our eyes. And Jesus takes uh, the use of seed and the use of soil in an agrarian culture to talk about the word of God. And here's the parable. He says, a sower comes and he sows seed. Some of the seed falls on stony ground. And so what I want to talk about tonight is, and I want to break down this parable to see what what Jesus is saying about the condition of the soils as it relates to the condition of our minds because that's really what this is about how the word of god the seed and that's why I said I wanted to go back to I, I forget the young lady who who talked about uh, planting a seed when she talked about her her teacher planted a seed. I don't remember if you could pull that person up again, T.A., but she said it was that teacher, whoever it was, it was that teacher who planted a seed in her, right? And that seed that was planted uh, 
clearly it 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 fell on good ground. It produced something in that person's life. So this parable is about the condition of hearts, the condition of minds. Some that are ready, some that are resistant to the word of God. So let's unpack it real quick, okay? Four, four, four conditions, four mindsets that are listed in this parable. Number one, the closed mind, the closed mind, okay? And we get that in verse number verses number four and five. It came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, the fowls of the air came and devoured it. Stay right there. Verse number four, look at it. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. The closed mind, the wayside, the wayside. So I don't know how many of y'all have um, grow, grew up on a farm or, or you know, ha have some experience uh, in the fields or in the, in, you know, in the gardens. Um, there is the tilling of the soil. Now, when you till that soil, the idea is that that soil gets very fertile. It's ready for um, uh, the, the seed to be deposited. But on the other side, depending on depending on how the, the rows are made, uh, for, 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 for my folk who know something about making rows, um, you, it, that outer part of the row is not is the part that you can walk on because that part is where you're you're walking to harvest or walking to hoe. Uh, I, I know I got some country folk in here. <laughs> that side you can walk on because that's the side uh, where there's nothing planted. That's the side where you it, it's meant for you to work on, right? And that part is not it, it, it's compacted soil. It may have been tilled up, but because it's been walked on so much, it's now compacted soil, right? The wayside in this scripture is, is the compacted soil. It's hard. It's, 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 yeah, nothing's getting in there, right? And so what Jesus says is the seed that was sown, some of it fell on that compacted soil, and that is the closed mind. And what Jesus is saying here, and he later, he will later unveil it or reveal it rather uh, to the, to the, to the disciples who are asking, but basically he says, listen, there are people out there whose minds are simply closed to the truth of God. Their, their minds are just closed to it. And, and, you know, our job as disciples is not to determine whose mind or whose heart is closed. That's not our job. Our job is to sow seed. But in sowing the seed, we should know that some of that seed is going to fall to closed minds. People who aren't open, people who aren't receptive, people who could care less. Right. Um, so 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 there are there are and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think sometimes 
bothers and gets in the way of of believers who are witnessing and trying to win people to Christ is when we've come across people who have closed minds, right? Um, and that that can be that can be you know kind of defeating because you're trying to you're trying to convince people uh, of 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 who Jesus is. You're trying to convince people of the faith. Uh, that you have, and you want to share that faith. You want to share the gospel, uh, not not just in terms of preaching it over people's heads, but share it in meaningful ways. Share it through relationships. Share it through uh, how I treat you. Share it in 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 how I relate to you. Right? Um, there are many ways to 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 share the gospel that don't require preaching. Uh, amen, somebody. I'm going to say that again. There are many ways to share the gospel that don't require preaching. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to go on. So, but the idea here is know that at some point you're going to run across someone who just has a closed mind. They're, 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 no, it's just no, it's just no. Um, those individuals for whom we pray, right? Those are individuals we think about, we lift them up, we talk uh, to God about them, and then we talk to them about God, right? My thing is, my thing is, I, what I've tried to do, <laughs> and, and let me say this. People whose minds are closed are not necessarily bad people. Let me help. Let me help somebody on that. See, because what we'll do is we'll start judging people who have closed minds and and assume that there's no help for them. There's no hope for them. Um, What I've learned is that people who have closed minds now don't always have closed minds. And here's something else. Here's something else. At some point, you should ask the question, why is their mind so closed? Right? I think sometimes we just deal with the fact that it's closed, that we we never ask the deeper question. We never dig deeper to try to find out, okay, what put this person in this space where they're where when God comes up, they shut down? What put them in this space that when we have this conversation about spiritual things, that they are so resistant to it? I think if we do the deeper work and ask the deeper questions, that sometimes there's an entryway that's just waiting to be exposed and explored if we're willing to do the deep tissue work of asking the deeper questions and not just saying, oh, well, that's just a closed mind later for them. They ain't no hope for them. No, you know what? That's a closed mind, but you know what? Let Let me take some time and find out why it's so closed. Before I before I just decide there's no hope for them. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Do 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 some work. Do some work. Quit writing folk off. All right. So 
But recognize that, yes, there is some compacted soil. There's some soil that the seed will not get into. And that seed, Jesus says in this parable, the birds come away, come and, and eat the seed and take it away. Later on in this parable, we'll see that the bird in this parable is, is the devil who comes and takes the word before anything can happen with it or anything can happen not only with the seed, but with the soil. And how many of you know, how many of you know that, that there's some good seed uh, being, being dispersed, but the devil is always trying to make sure uh, that good seed uh, doesn't have a chance to get into some good soil. That good seed doesn't have a chance to do anything. The devil is always trying to steal that away. Okay, so let me let me get to the next one. Let me get to the next one because I'm, I'm kind of behind. I'm sorry, I'm getting behind on my time. Number two, so there's the there's the closed mind. Number two, there is the confused mind. There is the confused mind. Um, verses five and six. So you got the compacted soil, the stony ground, right? I'm sorry, the the um, the um, the wayside. And then verse five says, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root root, as as my ancestors would say, it withered away. Because it had no root, it withered away. All right. Um, some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. So Jesus, Jesus now explores and exposes to us what we call the confused mind or the confused heart. He calls it stony ground. Stony ground, he says, it's the ground where where there is earth, there is soil, but not a whole lot of it, which means that when the seed gets into the soil, there's just enough there, there's just enough there for it to germinate, but not nearly enough there for the roots to dig down deep into the soil. It's stony ground. There's, there's enough soil there, there's enough moisture, and you've seen this before, right? There's enough moisture there where, where the seed can, can start to do its thing, right? But, but either it's, either the soil is too shallow, right? That, that it's, it's just, it's, it's just enough uh, topsoil, we call it, right? Where the seed can do its thing, but when it tried, when those roots try to take root and go down deep, there's two, there are rocks, there, there, there's stones, there's debris. And that's one of the reasons why good farmers, if you got a good garden, you know that when you till that soil, uh, you're not just tilling it, but you're removing uh, debris, you're removing stuff, things that will get in the way of, of that soil uh, being as productive as it could be, right? And so Jesus calls this stony, stony ground. We're calling it the confused, the confused mind. 
this is this is the person. This is the person who. Okay, let, let me let me let me paint this picture if I can. Do you know anyone who may have at some point, and it may be you, um, who early in life, maybe at a it was a good revival service, it was a good it was a good Sunday service or whatever it was, um, and you you uh, you said, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm a, I'm a, what, what, I'm, this was good. I want to, I want to join the church, right? And you joined the church, um, and you, you did what, what you saw everybody else doing, right? And you answered the questions the way everybody else answered it because you were excited. You, it, it was a good, it was a good service. Or, or, or watch this, watch this. You were crying, right? You felt that thing. You got the goosebumps, right? You're, you know how that feels when, when, when that thing, you know, it, it, it was good and you got the goosebumps and it made you cry. And you said, man, I want, I want some of this, whatever it is. And, and so you went up front and you answered the questions or, you know, somebody who did this, but it wasn't long after that, that um, it just didn't stick. Right. For whatever reason um, that, 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 that moment, in time was just that it was a moment. It wasn't a transformation. It was a moment. You know, that person. And, and like I said, it could have been you at some point, right? Where, where you felt it, you did it, but it didn't stick. Right. Um, and sometimes there's a, there are a whole lot of reasons for that. Sometimes, sometimes that's the result of bad, poor teaching. Right. Um, um, the, the, the preacher who tells you all, uh, all that you can get, but never explains to you all that you have to give, <laughs> right? The preacher who, 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 who tells you about all the blessings, but never tells you about all the responsibilities or the burdens. They'll tell you about the crown, but not tell you about the cross or the cup that you're going to have to drink from, right? And so what happens is when when you, you you're excited because you, you know you you heard a good sermon and you did what you thought was but then but then but then watch this life didn't get easier it got harder you found yourself still having to struggle with some stuff right the thing that the thing that 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 was a habit uh is still a habit you haven't been able to shake the struggle of that sin yet or that or 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 lift have that that weight lifted from you and so you're confused now because you thought that coming to Christ was going to mean that suddenly everything was going to be all right right and so there is the confusion and confusion oftentimes oftentimes is a result of poor teaching confusion oftentimes is a, is a resort is a result of of poor um, uh, teaching of the word of God. The preacher didn't tell you everything. They just told you was going you you were gonna get saved. Well, yeah, you're gonna get saved. But did he tell you you needed to get sanctified? <laughs> did he tell you that sanctification was a process? Did he tell you that 
that that's salvation is instantaneous, but sanctification takes time. It takes the word of God. It takes self-examination. It takes prayer. It takes watchfulness. It takes this reading the word of God. Wish I had some, I wish I had some sanctified folk who would walk with me right now. It's going to get good. Listen, did, did the preacher, did the preacher explain to you, right? That, that, that part of Christian discipleship means that you have to take up the cross of Christ and follow him and that the cross is heavy. The cross is weighty. The cross is a burden. And so sometimes the confused mind is a result of just poor biblical teaching. And that's one reason why as pastors and as preachers, let me talk to preachers and teachers for just a minute. Don't be flimsy in your presentation of the gospel. Don't watch this. Don't be so light. You know, you you, you got you got you got uh, uh, crystal light, right? In terms of the the drinks, uh, and so it, it, it's this idea of it's not full calorie; it's light. And so I, I think sometimes we we've gotten light with the gospel that we we've tried to lighten it up and make it so so easy and make it so. So so light and and, and no, that, the cross is not light. Yeah, that there there's some things we're going to have to bear. And so preachers, let's be let's be honest. Teachers, let's be let's be truthful. Yes, there is hope. Yes, there is new life in Christ. And yes, watch this. And yes, we will have to suffer with some things. We will have to suffer through some things. My God. The truth of the matter is, saints get sick. The truth of the matter is, people who are full of faith, their houses catch on fire. Truth of the matter is, disciples deal with loved ones dying. Disciples deal with depression. Disciples deal with demotions. And preachers, we, we, we can't be dishonest about this gospel just trying to gain more members for our churches. All right, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me move on because I... Goodness gracious. All right. Um, let's go to that third one. Let's go to that third one. So some fell on stony ground. Some fell on the compacted soil, the wayside. Some fell on stony ground. Verse number um, Where am I? Oh, okay. Verse number eight. Here we go. Verse number eight. And other fell on good ground and did, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Let me go back. Let me go back. Some fell on, but when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. Some fell on thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. Here we go. Some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and it choked it and it withered away or it yielded no fruit, right? And so here we've got this, this um, 
what we'll call the cluttered mind. Okay, the cluttered mind. Here it is, verse seven. Some fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. There, how can I say this? Let, let me hurry up and say it, whatever I do. Um, there, there, do you know, do you know that person? Um, the Bible, the Bible, Bible says that there are those who are ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth, right? Ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. The cluttered mind, when there's so many things, so many systems of thought, so many philosophies, so many ideologies, so 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 many so many messages right that are that are there that the person never gets to the kernel and the essence of the gospel and its truth those are thorns that choke out the truth of the god of the word of god and so and so while while it is great to be an avid reader, while it is great to to study uh, as much as you can, know as much as you can. I, I listen, read, explore, expand your thought. But as you read, explore, and expand, here it is, and I'm through for tonight. Know what you believe. Know what you believe, and I'll tell you why. Because if you don't know what you believe, what will happen is what you have, the at least that which you have come to accept will get choked out. And you know people like this. I know people like this. I know people who have, I know people, watch this, y'all. I, I, let me get real deep with you. I know people who have been preachers who have called themselves preachers, who have, who have been in pulpits and preached, okay, and have preached well. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me put that on there. Let me tag that, right? And yet they have been cluttered in their thoughts and in their thinking because they have not been situated squarely on what they believe. And so by being exposed to so much and never being squarely situated on what they believe, the cluttering of the mind has choked out the gospel that was there. I, I personally know some guys who have been preachers who, who now stand away from what they once preached because the gospel has been choked out. So all I'm saying is, know what you believe. Know what you, know what you believe. Stand on what you believe, right? I'm, I, I am out of time, you all. I'm out of time. The last one, I'll just put it up. The cultivated mind, the cultivated mind. This is the seed that falls on good soil. And we saw what happened. Some it in verse eight says other fell on good ground. 
it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, some 100. This is the cultivated mind, the mind that is open, the mind that has been tilled, the mind that has been prepared, the mind that is ready to receive the word of God. Now, here's the thing. When you as disciples are sowing seed, you don't know what type of mind, what type of heart, what type of spirit the individual has, which means you've just got to be diligent in the sowing. You've got to be diligent in the sowing, in the sharing, in the demonstration of the word of God and how you relate to people, living the sermon rather than just preaching it with your mouth. Because you don't know the condition of that person's heart. And if it's compacted, you may not know why it's compacted. And if you dare to have the questions that 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 begin that conversation, you may never you 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 may not realize it, but you start tilling the soil then. And what was once compacted and hard becomes cultivated and ready for the seed of, of the word of God. God bless you. God bless you. I'm out of time, you all. God bless you. I thank you for yours. I pray that you have received this word on tonight. Amen. Listen, y'all. So uh I I got I got my second um my second shot, my second dose of the vaccine today. And um um um, feeling okay, feeling okay. Uh, some have, some had already warned me though, that the second dose of the, of the Moderna, um, you know, just it takes people a little bit differently. I will say that I'm a little tired right now, <laughs> so I'm not going to tarry right now. I'm going to get home and get some rest. Um, uh, but, but feeling fine otherwise. Okay. So, uh, you all make your appointments, keep your appointments if you have them. If you still need help getting appointments, you know what to do. Go to our line, go to the uh, the Nucleus page, and let us know how we can help, okay? All right, all right, let me pray with you and get out of here. Father, we thank you, God, for this day, for this time together, for the truth of your word. And Lord, we pray now that this word has fallen on cultivated soil. I pray, oh God, that whoever has been listening, that it would produce fruit in our lives. Thank you for those wonderful teachers who have taught us in so many wonderful ways. They've opened up our thinking. They've opened up our minds. They've made us in large part the persons who we are today. But I thank you, oh God, that you sent the master teacher, Jesus himself, into our hearts, into our lives and by the Holy Spirit, you open up scripture to us so that the truth of your word would be made known in our hearts and in our minds. God, right now, we pray for our city. We pray for our citizens. We pray, oh Lord, that you would keep us in your care. Lord, where we can continue to be light and salt in this world, empower us to do just that that we may not only preach your word, but that we might demonstrate it through acts and through words, through deeds, through actions, through behavior, that others would see Jesus in us. Grant it, O oh God, in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Good night. Go be great. <laughs>